0: Stepping out of your comfort zone can be a very difficult thing to do. For some, it can be as simple as taking a different route to work, while others may be willing to trade their entire environment for something new. Some people leave their environments for some more excitement and to immerse themselves in new cultures. Amanda Knox was no exception to this statement, and she even studied abroad in Italy when she was 20. Sadly for Amanda Knox, she'll probably not want to visit there again. Amanda Knox was born July 9, 1987, in Seattle, Washington. Her mother was Edda Melis, a math teacher, and her father was Kurt Knox, a Macy's vice president of finance. Amanda has a younger sister named Deanna, and she has two stepsisters, Delaney and Ashley Knox. When Amanda was a child, her parents divorced. Knox played soccer and grew up in a middle-class neighborhood. She graduated in 2005 from Seattle Preparatory High School. She began college at the University of Washington, planning to pursue linguistics. She partied, worked several jobs to pay her tuition, and she even made the dean's list. At age 20, she decided to study abroad in Perugia, Italy, at the University of Foreigners. In Italy, Knox roomed in a flat with Meredith Kircher, a 21-year-old linguistics student from London. The two were polar opposites in lifestyles, Kircher being more rigid and stricter, while Knox was more laid-back and a partier. Knox also met a 23-year-old computer engineering student from Italy named Raphael Solicito. The two hit it off and began dating. On November 1st, 2007, Knox's boss from the pub that she was working at told her that she was not needed at work that night. Knox took this as an opportunity to have a date night with her boyfriend where they cooked and watched movies together. The next day, around noon, Knox went over to her apartment and saw that the door was wide open. She was not very suspicious of this, though. She saw blood in their bathroom sink, which she thought was from someone cutting themselves while shaving. She once again was not suspicious. She took a shower, and while getting out of the shower, she noticed a bloody footprint on the bath mat and went over to her boyfriend's house immediately for help. The couple had seen broken glass from a broken window and had seen many bloody footprints inside the apartment. The two found that Meredith's door was locked. Two civil police officers showed up and saw everything that was going on. They kicked Kircher's door open and everyone had then seen it. There lied Meredith Kircher, dead, naked but under a blanket, a pool of blood, and lots of other blood throughout the room. Knox and Solicito were taken to the police station. While Raphael was getting questioned, others in the waiting room stated that Amanda Knox was doing cartwheels, stretching, and yoga in the waiting room. Knox would later say that all she did was stretch and she did do the splits because she was stiff after Raphael's long interrogation. When Knox got her turn in the interrogation room, she was not as comfortable. Not only was there no interpreter present for her, but she reported that she was also bullied and physically beaten. When Solicito admitted that Knox could have potentially left the house while he was sleeping, the detectives told Knox. She finally caved and signed a confession that stated that not only was she in the apartment that night, but that her boss, Mr. Lumumba, had stabbed Kircher to death. The police arrested the couple, but Mr. Lumumba had a confirmed alibi that night at the bar. Two weeks after this, the forensics lab had evidence against neither of the two but someone else. Rudy Gade, a man who lived in the apartment under Knox, had been accused multiple times of burglary and was apprehended in Germany. He did state that he was at the scene of the murder, but he said that he did not do it and that Knox and Solicito were not there. Gede wanted a fast trial, and he was found guilty of the murder and sexual assault, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. On the other hand, Knox and Solicito opted for a normal trial, but on December ninth, 2009, they were both found guilty. Solicito received 25 years in prison while Knox got 26 for the story that she told. When the media truly got a hold of the case, it became an international sensation. Italians praised their government for putting the couple behind bars while Americans were disgusted and protested. In April 2010, Knox's and Solicito's lawyers filed for appeals. They were contesting the witnesses' credibility and evidence found against the two. The process began in December 2010 and forensic experts said that the forensic evidence from the first trial was unreliable, so they basically threw it out. On October 3, 2011, Knox's and Solicita's convictions were overturned. After the acquittal, Knox returned home to Seattle. She continued her school, but majoring in creative writing. But her and Raphael were both once again summoned to stand trial on March 26, 2013. The new trial began on September thirtieth, two 2013 in Florence, Italy. New evidence was brought up in this trial, but it was minuscule. A tiny piece of evidence on the knife suspected to have killed Meredith Karcher had shown that none of Karcher's DNA was on it, but that Knox's was. The defense took this evidence and said that Knox's DNA was on the knife because she had cooked with it earlier in the night. The two were once again found guilty, solicited receiving 25 years again, but Knox received 28 and a half years this time. In March 2015, the Italian Supreme Court once again overturned the 2014 convictions against Knox and Solicito. This ruling was the final decision of the case. After the case, Amanda Knox had written a memoir and had even revisited Italy. The Italian government paid her a $20,000 settlement due to their lack of providing an interpreter to her interrogation. Knox even got married and has lived a more relatively calm life since then. As always, thank you for listening.